0: He said, fear not my child, for you are part of me and I'll not rest till you are at my side.
1: Heavenly Father, Lord, we just humbly approach your throne of grace again tonight, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that you are so sovereign, Lord, and mindful of us, and you care, Lord God, so we cast our cares upon you. Lord, we love you. We care to be about the Father's business tonight. We care to be here in your house, Lord, to worship, Lord, and to hear we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us, Lord. And we ask you be, Lord, as we've made announcement, Lord. Be with the Collins family, Lord, as they make preparation, Father. The children, Lord Jesus, Lord. of the, the husband, Father. The friends that are round about, Lord. You know all things, oh God, and nothing escapes your attention. You know every gnat, Lord. Every time it would bat his eye, you know every hair on our head, Lord. And we haven't lost a one of them, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're always mindful of us. Lord, and you know our humanity. You know our failings, Lord. You know where we fall short. You know, Lord, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But, Lord Jesus, you made a perpetuation for that. Lord, you died on the cross for us, Lord. Your blood is still applied, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that we can still raise our hands in worship, Lord, and know that you receive our worship. Know that when we pray, you hear us when we pray, Lord. Father, we love you with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and our strength, Lord. It is all yours, Father, and tonight we ask you come and take the preeminence in the service. Be with Brother Ed as well as he would be arriving over in Newfoundland shortly. I pray you'd be with him. Keep him safe, Lord. Father, watch over him, we pray. Remember the ones at the camp, Lord, as they're down there. Just a little south, Lord, but Father, just wanting to hear from you. Lord, come by their way, Lord. Touch the youth, Lord, as they would be gathered together. You said wherever two or three are gathered in your name, you'd be there in the midst of them. Father, be with them as you are with us even now, Lord. Father, we just commit ourselves to you. In Jesus Christ's name, we commit the reading of the word as well and the hearing of it, Lord, that you'd open our ears that we could hear what the Spirit is saying in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, musicians. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 25. Psalms, chapter 25. I had considered, as I'm going to take my text from one verse of this, but as I was reading it over and over again, I I just didn't know which verse to cut out. So I'm going to ask that you would just help me read it in Psalms chapter 25. We're going to read it together. Would that be all right? You can be a part of this service too. Amen. You're a big part of it. Without you, I'd... I just preached to the empty pews, I guess, and my goodness. But I'll read, I'll read verse one, and you can read verse two, and I'll read verse three. So I'll read all the odd verses, and you all can have the even verses if that works. And we'll just read it to the Lord. Amen. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed with transgress without cause. Show me thy face, O Lord. Teach me thy process. Amen. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions, according to thy mercy. Remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, and he shall pluck my feet out of the net. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. O bring thou me out of my distresses. Consider mine enemies, for they are many, and they hate me without, with cruel hatred. Let oh, my soul and deliver me; me not be ashamed, for I trust in Thee. Amen. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on Thee. Amen. You may have your seats. Amen. I want to take a text tonight from that second last verse in verse 21. I would just title it Integrity Part 1, which is, Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. And as we read that, there's it there's quite a a prayer, as David would would pray it, as we know it's a psalm, and we'd often look at the psalms as songs or as poems and as poetic writing. But in this, it is David is, is more of a prayer for him when he's praying for deliverance and for guidance and protection. Saying, Lord, you're the one that takes my feet out of the net. You're the one that helps me when I'm down. You're the one that helps me. Let me never be ashamed. Amen. We, we can't do that in our own selves. If we try and say, well, I'll never be ashamed of the gospel. If you try and figure it out yourself and try to explain it every step of the way, you'll find yourself ashamed somewhere along the line. But if you say, Lord, don't ever let me be ashamed. Let me just say what you want me to say. Let me just take your word into my heart. Meditate on it day and night. Be a witness for you. Live what I speak and don't jump higher than I can live but rather just to do exactly what God has allowed me to do and live the revelation, show me, then I know I won't be ashamed. Amen. Amen. But if I keep trying to say, well, you know what? Perfection is, you you should never, I'll just say this because I'll say it on the way here. You should only ever listen to music that Brother Branham sang. You're going to find yourself ashamed because pretty soon you're going to listen to a tune that someone other than Brother Branham sang. And you're going to go, oh. And somebody said, hey, you enjoyed that. I saw you tapping your foot. I saw you coming to church and you enjoyed the music. See, you're going to be ashamed. That's of your own self. There's no scripture for that. There's no message for that. But the Brown didn't say, don't only listen to my music. No, he said, listen to something that's good and upright and think on these things. Amen. And we can take a service on that. But that's what I was thinking on the way here, in case you're wondering. But, but, but we find ourselves ashamed in our own way. But as he gets down to the end of his prayer, he says, let integrity and uprightness preserve me. Let integrity preserve me. Let something that happens not in the flesh, not even in the spirit, but in my soul, let the integrity of my heart, let integrity and uprightness preserve me. For I wait on thee, O Lord. I want to take, if it were, a, a bit of a, a, a turn, and then we'll, we'll bring it back around, but I have to lay it out this way in First John, if you'll turn with me to First John. Thank you to the brothers who sat in the front pew. God bless you. Sister Rachel, God bless you. Sister, God bless you. Young people aren't here. Sister Terry, God bless you. Brother Isaac, she, she was waving. She really wanted to be noticed. God bless you. Amen. I'm going to take my jacket. It's very warm up here. It's like, it's like a first day of summer or something, you know. It's, it's kind of crazy. You know, I thought if nobody comes sit ups here, I'm going to do what Brother Daniel Andy's told me to do. And he said, you know, if you ever find where the front few rows are, are empty, you just take the the podium and you go about halfway down. You just stand down there. But God bless these ones that saved all of you from being right in the front. <laughs> hey man, that'd be a real small platform to preach off of. But all right. The butterflies are going the same direction now, Brother Harold. First John chapter three, verse one. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are ye the sons of God, and it doth not appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, that we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Amen. That's a phenomenal scripture to me all the time. It says, when, we, when he shall appear, we shall be like him. There's something about the appearing. When we see Jesus, it's not going to be a stranger that he's going to have to come down and introduce himself. But rather, there's a likeness that says, that's him. I know him because he's just like me. There's a kindred of spirit. There's a kindred of mind. You know, that it's the same one when you recognize, mama, that's me. Amen. And when it comes to that, you know, what will it be when we see Jesus just to see him? Whoa, that day, what will it be like on that day? We sing the song, Brother Danny, you sang it uh, tonight. God bless you. And you sing just, to, just any day. And our Lord is coming and we shall see him. He'll be returning. And how will, will, what will it be just to see him? We'll know what it's like. Yeah. Because we'll be like him. We'll, we'll, we'll recognize him. There'll be many that won't recognize him. What a sad statement that is. There will be many that will not recognize him. Forgive me, I have to. Wearing a watch for the first time in a very long time when I preach, and I have to take it off. It's restricting me. I don't like restrictions. Not a single amen. Thank you, sister. God bless you. Amen. (laughs) But you know, we'll understand. There's a lot of people that won't recognize Jesus. They won't have a clue. They don't see him now. You could, you could speak the scripture. They don't understand what the scripture is. They don't see it. They've come so far and so dark. And they've turned so. Their absolute has become something so different. It used to be. I use a dictionary from 1883. And I love using the dictionary. Because the references in the dictionary are scriptural. And they define the words based on the Bible. And they base them on that. You don't find that anymore. You go to a school nowadays, any school grade, anything, try and say, well, where's the dictionary that that, that uses the Bible as a definition? They look at you like you're crazy. We we like Webster's, and we like the new Urban Dictionary, and we like this other dictionary that we can look online. Google, whatever Google says. Mr. Google, amen. He was good on on Sunday night. He'd done well. (laughs) Amen. I appreciate that service, didn't you? Amen. I so love the presence of the Lord when he comes. His voice makes all the difference. Amen. But, but we find that, that that's the way the world has leaned. But there's a people that the world doesn't know anything of. They don't understand the way we talk. They don't understand the way we are. My son's just in grade two, and he, he would talk to them in school, and he goes to a Christian school, and he would talk to them, and he begins to tell them, don't you know that God sent a prophet? Why? Because it's, it's something that it's real to him that he's been raised and he understands. He's just seven years old, but he knows this is the truth. He knows that this is real. This is a reality. So when someone will come and say, well, I don't want to hear anything about a prophet. He doesn't understand it. he say, why don't you want to hear about a prophet? Because the prophet is real. Amen. Amen. God still works through prophets. God still sent a message, and it's just as real today. Amen. And even right down to that age and in a Christian school, they still don't want to hear it. Well, there's a people that understand, that know that there is a God and that God is not just far off. He's not just someone that doesn't care and doesn't understand, but it's someone that the people that can live in the fear of God. Not that we live in fear. The world lives in fear, in fear of death, in fear of sickness, in fear of hell, in fear of everything else that's going on, in fear of their neighbor, in fear of this one and that one, the government, you name it. All kinds of fears, but rather there's a people that live in one fear and that's the fear of God because they respect and reverence the Word of God because the Bible says, we read it in Psalms 25, that the meek, God will teach the meek His ways. Amen. Amen. What is the meek? The meek are those that are obedient to the Word of God and are willing to follow Him according to the integrity of their heart. Amen. Amen. I'm going to have to jump ahead and come back here because... This is the way it's going. I got so many notes, and that's why I called it part one, because, Lord willing, if the Lord tarries, I'll be speaking on Sunday morning as well, so we'll just pick up wherever we leave off, and sometimes it's good that way. And I don't feel pressured tonight. We can just enjoy the presence of the Lord, and I won't hold you too long, you know, not past midnight or anything, and then we'll carry on. But Brother Brown says in the message leadership, and he says, where is our churches, our ministers? that will take the people in just on probation and come in, join the church and do this, that, have a little sensation or something. Where's those men of God, those prophets that stand out and dare to defy all the things of the world? This is in 1965, the last message he actually preaches before communion. Leadership, when he begins to speak, he begins to talk about it and say, listen, where's the man of God? Where's the prophets that will dare to stand out and defy all the things of the world? Nowadays the things of the world have crept so much into the churches where people are scared even in churches to stand up and preach against LGBT and all these other things that's going on because it's got to be canceled, it's got to be uh, politically correct and all of these things scared to use real words like what the Bible talks about, and use words what the Bible describes it as. Instead, they got to use they and and them and all of these words. No, we stand against all the things of the world, and we're not afraid to call them out, because where's the man? Where's the preachers that are not scared to defy the things of the world? Where's those men of integrity? Where are they? They're so soft, he says and through intellectual conceptions and things till they're not no more here. Oh, God, have mercy upon us. These hideous sights are coming upon the earth. You could see how people moving right into it. It's an insanity. And when the thing strikes, the church will be gone. Hallelujah. When the final image of that strikes, the church will be gone. Hallelujah, but we find it in the world today. I thank God for men like Brother Harold. I thank God for men like Brother Ed. I thank God for men that have gone before us. Brother Branham, different ones, Brother Ed uh, Bisco, and different ones that have preached the message and stood true. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're not interested, I believe, that we're not interested. Please help back me up here for a minute. We're not interested in Brother Max, Brother John, and Brother Andrew, and Brother Moses stepping behind this pulpit and saying, It's okay. We're interested in the Word of God. We want to see the Word of God preached. We want to see the standard of the message upheld. Not our sisters getting more and more worldly and more and more like the ways of the world, but to stand against it. Say, there's a fire shut up in my bones. I can't hold it back. He says in the message, and knoweth it not. He says, where's a man that stands for what's right? Where's a man that's not afraid to speak out? Regardless of the whole world's against him, speak out for what's right and stand for it and die for it. Where is our Arnold von Winker, Winkler, I believe it's how it's actually pronounced, again today? Where's the man of integrity? Where's the man with spirit? He says they're so wishy washy and gummed up till they don't even know where they stand. Amen. We need to be sure. And I believe as as believers and as ministers, we need to be sure and keep each other honest that we never become this way. That we never become so gunned up till we don't even know where we're standing. And that happens in the message where men that have gone on, and they've gone so long in the message when as brother Daniel so aptly put it, the donkey begin to think it's about him. And the donkey began to think they're putting the coats in the way for me. Instead of recognizing that as soon as they parted way with Christ for that day, he was stuck in a stall. Lord, help us that we don't ever become so gunned up where we can't see past the four boards, but we recognize it's the one on my back. It's the one in my heart. He says, God, let me stand with the principles of one man as a minister, the word of Jesus Christ. Let me stand with that and that alone. Let me stand with nothing more than the word and there's nothing else in this world to stand on for. Heavens and earth will pass away. Governments will rise and governments will fall. Great men of the world, great men, the Elon Musk, the Bill Gates, they'll rise and they'll fall. They'll come and they'll go. But what about the Word of God that is and is to come, which was, is, and is to come? That's the same Jesus Christ yesterday, today, and forever. There's no integrity in the things of this world. There's no integrity in an economy that constantly goes up and goes down. And you think you got a good investment, and a few years later, it's gone. And you're wondering what happened, and everything's gone. Why? There's no integrity in it. Somebody comes in and undercuts it and somebody else totally breaks the law to make it their own way and finds a loophole and does it. There's no integrity. But Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell, which are pressing and pressing even tonight. But the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It will stand, the rock, the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. The revelation that you could be born again. Oh my, we better go back to 1 John chapter 3. Where it says, every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. Even as he, Jesus, is pure. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he also manifested, he also was manifested to take away our sin, and in him is no sin. Then whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. But whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. We know what sin is. Sin is unbelief. Right. It's easy to not believe something when you've never met it. Right. You've never seen it. You've never understood it. You've never got the revelation of it. It's easy to sit there and say, well, I don't believe it. Yeah. I just don't believe it. But he says, whosoever sitteth hath not seen him, neither known him. In other words, if you know God. If you've actually ever seen the Lord Jesus, if you've ever seen him move, if you've ever known him, you cannot disbelieve him. There's your scripture for once you're born again, you can't go back. Once you've got a nature change, once you know Christ, you can't go back into the world. You can't go back. to. You can't go do those things you once did. You can't go back to that old nature anymore because there's a new creature in you. Because you've known him. You've tasted and seen. The Lord is good. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is Righteous. Even as he is righteous. Amen. Now, is he just talking about doing the right thing? Yes. But not according to the modern idea of the right thing. Because we take that scripture, and every denominational believer absolutely loves the scripture. It's John 3:16. God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, it's so easy, isn't it? Now tell me, what did God love? The sin? The debauchery in the world? The pollution? The chaos? I don't think for a moment. God so loved the world that he created That he sent his only begotten son so that he could redeem that world back to its original position. Back to its original owner. So he could give it back to the ones who hold the title deed. That's who God loves. So whosoever believe on him. How do you believe on him? you got to know him. I found it amazing as we were doing a podcast and we came across that scripture. I think it's in 1 John as well, I, I won't turn to it, but any man that confesses that Christ is come in the flesh. Try every spirit, whether it be of God. And he says, Everyone that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Not that they has confessed that he was come or he has come or he will come, but he is in the flesh. I don't see the corporal body walking around anymore, but he is come in the flesh. And any spirit that's willing to confess that, Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, not a third person, but Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, is in me, is Jesus Christ, in the flesh, today. Amen. Amen. So he says, he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning, for his purpose the, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. I find that so incredible. Brother Ed explained it so well when he was preaching. And on Sunday morning, we're going to talk about how that, that God spoke. And he spoke for the, the, the trees. And he spoke for all of these things. And he planted the seeds. And it might have been years and decades and, and centuries and millennia. And all of these things gone by. And the devil was the one that said what was sin Unbelief." He looked at the Word of God, and he looked at the manifestation. He said, I don't think it's going to happen. See, it's the same thing today where people say, oh, how do you know that God's coming? It's been so long in the end time. How many years ago did this prophet die, William Branham? How many years has it been, and you're still preaching? Because they're looking at the Word, and they're looking at the manifestation, and they're saying, I don't believe it. But you are the manifestation, and you are the ones that's proven that it's coming to pass. We'll get into that more in a little bit. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. Why don't you read that sentence with me? Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. Amen. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. It's that simple. When you've been born of God, the the devil can come and convince you and throw things at you. You cannot. That's why we preach it so much. You must be born again. 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 Oh, we're going to have another evangelist come in from somewhere else. Maybe we'll hear something new. He comes and preaches. You must be born again. Why is it so important? Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. What's the minimum requirements to go into rapture? Got to be born again. Because his seed remaineth in him. Hallelujah. His seed remaineth, the seed, that predestinated seed that he put in you because it's got life now. And it's to bring it to manifest something. And you might be able to dig it up and say, I can't find the seed anywhere. But the proof of the seed is in the tree. Yeah. Yeah. It says, in this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brethren. Oh, praise the Lord. He is whoever that doeth righteousness, the righteousness according to the word of God. In this, 1 John 3 verse, let's just jump down. Sister, if you would, to verse 22. Just for the sake of time. It says, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Yes. We love to stop there. Praise God. Whatever I ask. Lord, I want a Lamborghini. I want a million dollars. I don't know why I ever, ever wanted a Lamborghini. I didn't think I'd fit in one. I want this, Lord. I want the best job. I want a big house. But he says, whatsoever you ask of him, we receive of him because we keep his commandments. And do those things and conjunction word. And do those things that are pleasing in his sight. There's the righteousness that he's talking about. Those that do righteousness are of God. What kind of righteousness is that? That's the righteousness of God because our righteousness is as filthy rags. The best that we can do in the eyes of God is dirty but we got to take on his war. We got to take on his righteousness and be clothed in it and recognize that we need to do what's pleasing in the sight of God, which is this. That's why we have sisters that don't cut their hair. That's why we got sisters that dress right, brothers that talk right, that dress right, that treat others right. That's why we love one another. Why? Because the word of God commands us to. Let's not be so heady and high-minded that we think, oh, Brother Andrew, I love everybody because I'm such a great person. I can just love everybody. I'm just that good. I love everybody. They could just prick me the wrong way all day long, and I'm going to love them. You're not that good, and I'm not that good. But we love one another because the Word of God says, because what's pleasing to him is that we love one another, that when something comes, and we go, oh, can't believe he did that. I'm telling you, man, one of these days I'm going to get on my knees and pray. He Lord, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have thought that. That's what we do as Christians. We get that way. Our flesh, there's no integrity in our flesh. So, Brother Andrew, my flesh, I work out. It's perfect. I got eight pack. I got oh, everything. I'm so strong. give it a two weeks without working out and eating whatever you want to eat. Tell me how your integrity of your flesh is going. Not so great. But I got a scripture, which we'll get to later, which is in Ephesians chapter 4, that says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you are sealed until you forget about it for a couple days. No, until the day of your redemption. That's integrity. That's complete. That's perfect. That's consumed with something that isn't yourself. Verse 23 says, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. No, it doesn't say that. It says that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. So right there, I want to tell you that the denominations that go around, and they got so much love for everybody, but they believe the Trinity... They've lost it right there because they don't believe on the name of His Son Jesus Christ is the name of God. Instead, they want to well, that's just the third, second person, and the Sorry, I can't even say it very much anymore because it's we're so far beyond that. I believe as Christians that we're not looking to disprove the Trinity anymore. We're not looking to disprove and say, but the Word of God says it's one God in three offices. We can see what Brother Benham says. Listen, what is it? We're beyond that to the point where we recognize that third office of the Holy Ghost. That's me. Yeah. I fit right in there. I see myself in the Godhead. We've gone beyond trying to say this is the Trinity or that's the Trinity or this is the right or that's the right. But say, Lord, what about me? I need to recognize who I am I'm willing to stand up for what's right and true because I'm part of him. I can't take it when someone's willing to talk against my God because they're talking against me. He says this in Revelation, in the message, a super sign. He says, it's predicted again in Malachi 4 that it'll return again, that there will be a supersede rise up. Yes. He says there's got to be something stand up that's got a backbone and Christian integrity. Certainly, that will take the Jezebel religion that's been pushed even into our Pentecostal groups. Somebody will stand upon Christian spirit and fire with the Holy Ghost behind it to prove that it's right. It shall be light in the evening time. And, we'll, and he will restore the faith of the children back to the Pentecostal fathers. Let me just take a step back for a moment. Prove what is right. Prove that the word of God is right. And I want to take it even further than that. Prove that the message is right. There is a supersede. That we're not just interested. Brother Branham came and he proved Jesus Christ the same yesterday and forever. He proved that this word still lives today. He proved that it's just as alive as when Jesus walked on earth. But now today we've got the naysayers that want to say, well, the message has got this and this fall and that fall. But you are the living proof that it is just as real as when Brother Branham preached it. Hallelujah. That you have a supersede that's willing to go beyond anything the world has to say. Beyond the pressures of the Jezebel religion that wants to sink its talons even into the church of God. And what's his purpose? That he will restore. This is what Malachi 4 says. The faith of the, of the children back to the Pentecostal fathers. Away from the dogmas and creeds. It's got to come. He says, it will come. He says, in the name of the Lord, it will come. And I want to tell you, I believe that it's here. That we're walking right in the midst of it. We are the ones that are fulfilling the words of William Branham. That he spoke and he preached and he prophesied. Thus saith the Lord, it will come. Who's doing it? Say, well, it's Jesus Christ doing would Absolutely, because we and ourselves can do nothing. There's no good thing that can come out of Nazareth, but there was a super seed that raised up out of it. It didn't come from it. It raised up out of it. Oh, my, how did God restore the bride tree? If you go and listen to the message, Restoration of the Bride Tree, I think Brother Moses even preached a beautiful service on it just recently. Where we talk about, Brother Barnum says, how did he restore the bride tree? He did it in three stages. And he talks about those three stages. What are they? Justification, sanctification, and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I love God in simplicity. It's not some great thing out there. How is he going to restore it? We got to get just everything just right. I wanted to preach a service. Um, I may still in the future, I don't know, but called High Efficient Christians. I'm in in an industry of of plumbing and gas fitting and things, and everyone wants to go with high-efficient furnaces and high-efficient this and high-efficient that. But you know how you get one of those things running? It's got to go through a checklist. It's got to make... The fan's got to turn on and then it's got to make the pressure switch and pressure switch number two if it's going into high fire. And then it's got to make sure that the flame rollout switch isn't gone and it's got to make sure that, that the, that the flame, the, the high limit is not, is not tripped. And it's got to make sure that, that the gas valve is right, and it has got to make sure that it gets the right amount of power, and if it gets the right amount of power, then it's going to open as long as the spark igniters lit. as long as the spark igniter is lit. Then it, we want to make Christians like that! But brother, as long as you come to church, as long as you're in church on Sunday and on Wednesday, and as long as you come to young people's on Friday night, and as long as you come and you you come and you be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, as long as you just do this over here, and you long to do that, and you long to understand, and you got to read this, you got to read that, you got to read this and that. Right. But if you just go back to the low efficient furnaces where they literally there's gas coming in, there's a fire right there, and it lights it up, and it heats, and it blows it all over the room, and that's it. We need a real Christian like that that says, I got the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized. I've come the right way, and that's all I need. I'm just going to keep reading, and I'm going to keep praying, and I'm going to keep coming, and I'm going to keep pulling, and I'm going to keep spreading the gospel. Maybe I'll just preach that service right now, and then I want to preach it again. (laughs) Because we find out, you know what happens? You know why they're pushing for high-efficient appliances? Greenhouse gases. All these low efficient appliances, they're they're ruining our environment. They're changing our environment. People in the world don't like it when you change their atmosphere. That's why they want you to be a high efficient Christian because they don't like it when you change their atmosphere. When you come in all full of the Holy Ghost and fire and you begin to say something to them and you begin to change the atmosphere, they don't like it. I like this old cold world. But no, he says a real Christian. I don't like it. I'm gonna change this atmosphere. I'm gonna change that one. I'm gonna change everything. Why? Because I got God in me. Yeah, the would even say, and then the same message in, in restoration of the brideshood, he would talk about Jesus. He said, Death and life cannot coexist together. And he was going to say, You know why Jesus didn't attend any funeral services? Well, this is a good week to preach this. You know why Jesus didn't attend any funeral services? Because he raised the dead. He went to one. And the guy got up and walked. Hallelujah. That's why death and life cannot coexist. That's why we can't go out in the world just keep our mouths shut and do nothing about it. Why? Because death and the life in you can't coexist. Something's got to give. I know exactly what it is because it talks about it in Malachi chapter 4. says it will burn with the heat of an oven. And the righteous are going to walk out on the ashes of the wicked. And let me tell you, that ain't ashes that are going to come back to life. Hallelujah. Them ashes ain't going to relight. Them ashes ain't going to get a wind and come back to life again. Those ones are dead. Praise God.
0: Wow, we're way off.
1: That's all right. Three stages. 1 John 5, verse 7 says, There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. They're not one, but they agree in one. Amen. There's three stages that he raised up his bride tree again. He says, how did he do it? The same way that four messengers of death came. The caker and the locust, the, 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 the caterpillar, and... The other guy. He's a bad guy. But they all came. But there was four messengers of life yeah. that came and they restored it back again. And it came by Martin Luther. It came by John Wesley. It came by Pentecost restoring the gifts. And it came also by the fourth one. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Brother Adam differentiates it right here in Zoxabel. I'm not the messenger to Pentecost. That was an age gone before. That was a restoration of the spirit. But I'm the messenger to restore the word. Hallelujah. He say, oh, he didn't quite agree with all the Pentecostal things the yeah, he wasn't Pentecostal. He was an eagle that came with an eagle scream.
0: He says, "Do you get it?"
1: Hey man, he says, "I will restore." He's going to restore. The four death messengers killed it. Four life messengers brought it back to life with what? Sanctification, justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then the restoration of the Word. You gotta go on to adoption. You can't just stop there. You can't just stop there. Just a babe, just desiring the sincere milk. That's good, but you gotta go on. You gotta be fully restored, fully restored back to your original position. When God saw you in his mind before the foundation of the world, it wasn't a bunch of crying babies. It was sons and daughters of God that would know him because they will be like him, and he's not coming back, another baby in a manger. Oh, my. Praise God. In the last days, Elijah is to come with the very word, the word that came to the prophet, In the evening light is to come forth to restore and bring back. What? To turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers. In the evening light. It wasn't in the morning. It wasn't good enough to just stop there in the morning and say, well, we got light. No, the full maturity came at the evening time right at the last moments, right at the last time when Christ came, that the evening light would would bring, would completely restore the bride tree to its full manifestation by the opening of the word. So that the same Jesus Christ that was, is. Is. So that the bride fully manifested the same Jesus Christ that went into the ground. The same one that said in John 11, except the seed goes in the ground and dies, it abides alone. The same one that went in the ground, that died and went down into hell and rose again on the third day. At the, latter, at the end of the third day, he rose again. Brother the makes that distinction in, in restoration of the bride tree. But now as, we, as, as he comes up, what is it? It's the same Jesus Christ that comes and ascends up into heaven. And it's the same one that came back down on the day of Pentecost. It's the same one that wrote the book of Acts in a group of believers. It's the same one that's here again today, finally restored back our faith, back to the faith of the Pentecostal fathers so that the same power, the same manifestation, the same uh, works that they did will happen once again. It's not another fire. Hallelujah. It's not another fire. What Brother Max was preaching about, it's not a different fire than what they had. It's the same fire. Amen. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me. How can I manifest Jesus in me, be so consumed in God, and just wait on him? Let's just let's go one more place here. I still got time. I still got time. Praise God. Acts chapter 5. God bless you. I tell you for the amount of empty pews up here and right over here, y'all are pulling really good. God bless you. Acts chapter 5, verse 1. But a certain man, you know, every time Brother Branham talks about integrity, he talks about integrity of the heart. Every time he talks about integrity, every time he brings out integrity, it's integrity of the heart, 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 integrity of the heart. heart. Whenever you talk about it, you follow it down through the Bible, about 90% of the scriptures don't just say integrity, it's integrity of the heart. There's something about it that integrity is in a certain place, it's in your soul. In Acts chapter 5, and I hope I get time to get there, I might have to pick that up on On Sunday morning. Acts chapter 5 and verse 1 says, But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold the possession, and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought it, and brought a certain part, and laid it at the apostles' feet. And Peter said, Ananias. Why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost, to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto man, but unto God. Now I want to just stop here for a moment. Because every time you listen to this story as a Bible story, there's a conversation that goes on. But if you read it in the Word, there's no conversation. Ananias didn't come and say, here's the full price. He just brought the money. I want to change your thoughts here for a moment. He just brought the money that woman that came up before brother Batham who'd committed adultery she didn't come and say I've done some bad things and I've no she just came and said I need healing but the discernment knew so here's the power of God that's still in the church today where he comes and he sells a private and, and with good intention I want you to understand this with good intention he wasn't trying to be a a bad person. But there was something in his heart. There was no integrity in his heart. It was evil conceived in his heart that he thought, I'll just sell it. And I'm, I'm just going to do it. I, I, I don't want I, I want to bring it out in such a way that everyone's going to think that this is all I got. When really I've kept some back for myself. That breaks it real personal now. Because the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That also God looks on the heart of man. And so we find here Ananias comes, and it's something, a conversation. He's talked with his wife, but it's now held in his heart. He comes alone. His wife's back at home, and he comes alone, and he brings the money, and he just gives him the money. And Peter stops for a minute. Why have you done this thing? Why have you made a great show of putting it in the plate with all this money, and you got all this? Oh, my, look at Ananias. He's a great man. Oh, yeah, I heard they sold their land. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow, that must be. Oh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a real brother we well, be careful because James would talk about it and say, "Don't give place to a man in gay clothing and all these things." Don't, no, don't, don't lift somebody up because they got money and wealth and riches and connections and things. That means nothing to God. God is no respecter of persons. God gave it to him, and God could take it away like that. But immediately, uh, we li- uh, the believers would begin to lift up a man like that. I "Wow, look at that guy. He really, he's a he's a real Christian." Perhaps he was inspired by Barnabas, who Barnabas would have sold his goods, and he gave them all in, and, and then he, he'd give them all, and he'd begin to go out and be a missionary with, with Paul, and my goodness, <sighs> says, whew, this is amazing. I could really be somebody if I just give half, but I'll keep a little bit back for myself, and I won't tell nobody. I'll just let everyone think what they want to think. And After all, it's not me, it's them thinking it. But it was in his heart that he conceived it. It was Satan that put it there. Why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Here's two powers that war in the mind. The battlefield, the greatest battle ever fought is in the mind. The devil putting thoughts in there, and the devil putting thoughts in there, and how did it get down into his heart? He accepted it. The devil doesn't fight down here in the heart. You've got to take his thoughts from the mind and say, yeah, I like that, and pull it down. You have to do that. You have to accept it. You have to let the bird roost. you got to allow it to build the nest. you got to allow all these things to happen. So, so Adonai said, had come this far, and he began to allow it. He began to allow the devil to build up a case in his mind, and that he come, and now he comes right to the Holy Ghost, and he just gives it over. And Peter stops in out of discernment and says, why have you done this thing? Why have you lied? Why have you lied to the Holy Ghost to keep back part of the price of land? And then he goes on to say, whilst it remains, was it not thine own? Was it not in thy power to come and say, Brother Peter, I've got half of it here. I'd like to keep some for myself because I'm just not sure. I don't have that much faith, but here's what I can give. I believe Peter would have said, God bless you, Brother Ananias. You've done the right thing. But instead, he didn't go down that road. He just thought, I'll just keep it a secret. I'll just keep it to myself. There was no integrity there. We're dealing right now, right down into the heart of a man that had come and seen the ways of these people, and he saw how they gathered their goods together, and they seen everything, and perhaps they're getting up in age, and they begin to realize, maybe this would be a good thing for us, and they're doing good things, and I kind of like this Jesus fellow. You know, he seems like a good man, but they never really got an experience. They never knew the Christ. They never known him because it's impossible for you to sin once you know Christ. Once you're born of God, you can't sin. You can't unbelieve. But for them, they hadn't come that far. they just come to a certain place. Without, well, I guess this is for us. But then they thought they could get away with it. it. says, it was yours. After it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart that thou hast not lied unto man, but unto God? Oh my, and Ananias heard these words, fell down, and gave up the ghost, and great fear came upon all them that heard these things. And the young man arose, and bound, wound him up, and carried him out, and buried him. We'll just continue on. It says, and it was about the space of three hours after, when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. That never happened today, would it? She'd know like that. We'd all be there, taking pictures. Did you see this? Believers in Africa would know someone came into ETMT and they they lied about something. They dropped dead. And brothers would text me from Africa going, brother, what happened there? Because they'd have reached all the way over there within three hours. But here it was three hours later and finally she begins to think, something's going on. I better go check this out. So she gets down there, right? And Peter answered her. And when she came in, Peter answered her and said, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yay for so much. Now, here's where the conversation takes place. Now, this isn't just discernment, where now he begins to extend grace to her and say, is this as much as you guys sold it for? Knowing full well, it wasn't how much they sold it for. But but, but she said, yes, that's how much we sold it for. Then Peter said unto her, how is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Oh, hallelujah. And she fell down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young man came in. Notice, they weren't standing there where Peter could see them. But Peter knew they've just got back. And guess what? They brought the sheet because they need it. And the young man came in and found her dead and carried her forth and buried her by her husband. You say, Brother Andrew, that's a horrible story. It is. But at the same time, it's a great story because it's, it's, it's a perfect display of the power of God that works in the church. Yeah. Brother Brown says this about the message, presuming, he says, he says, he's closing, not me, he's closing. He says, walk into the church sometime. He says, walk through there and just see, oh, how sin couldn't even set in that church. Yeah. Any member would have had to confess it before they ever even got there. The Holy Spirit would call it out right on the spot like that. See, just like that. See, the woman sitting there look like ladies. See, man like man, real man of integrity, Holy Ghost-filled man, Spirit-filled. Let just one sin be in the church anywhere, and the Holy Spirit call it right out. Like Ananias and Sapphira. Have it right there before you see. Oh, he says, that's the church. I'd like to see. I wish I could see it. Oh my, there's a prophet of God that says, I want to see that church. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't think I've said it over this pulpit, but if Brother Adam did come back, which he will, with my mom, Brother Andy, uh, Sister Noreen, So don't worry, he's coming back. But if he was to come back, is this the church he'd see? Were real women sitting in the congregation dressed like women. It's okay, you can look down at yourself and realize, I am dressed like a sister. You are, not me, you, the sisters. (laughs) And the brothers, real man of integrity, Holy Ghost failed. I believe that's exactly what he would say. See, why why isn't it happening? Brother Andrew, why aren't we calling out sin? Why why aren't we just calling out? Why aren't the preacher standing up here and saying you and you and you? Who do I call out? You're a believer. You've came, my brother Brown said, remember what he said? He said that they would come and repent before they ever came in the door that they would make it right. That when they do something wrong, because that's a real Holy Ghost-filled believer, that when you do something wrong, you immediately make it right. So that even when Brother Branham would stand and look through somebody, I, was, there was a brother that tells a testimony, he says, I thought I was so sinful, but yet I had repented. And as I stood there, he says, it looked like Brother Branham looked right through me, and he called me a real brother. So how could that be? Why? Because he was. Amen. By the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the same for us today. We need the blood of Jesus Christ. This is the church that's walking today. Amen. That if someone would try and come in and deceive and set and try and do these things, I believe it would get called out. It would get brought about. But remember, the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He's not going to bear somebody right there. Why did he do it to Ananias and Sapphira? The man that packed him out were outside the room. They weren't in the room. It was a private confrontation. Oh, my. Why don't we preach more over the pulpit? Just bash people right. There's a place for that. There's a place to talk with somebody in private. There's a place to talk with somebody and say, hey, brother, don't you understand? You need to be, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't recognize that. Thank you. God bless you. We should pray together maybe. Maybe we could just show you in the word how it is. Not stand up and just beat somebody over the head. There'd be no point in that. A little bit off my notes here. All right, a few more minutes. Integrity. Integrity comes from the word in the in the, it in the Greek uh, 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 team. Um, for me, I'm not a Greek scholar, so I might pronounce that wrong if anyone in here is. It says, but it means to be consumed or perfect and complete. Integrity, the integrity of my heart. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me. David was one that would talk many a time to say, let me, be, let me meditate upon thy words day and night. Let me write your word upon my bedpost. In other words, let it be so in my mind that even when I go to my secret chambers, that's what I'm thinking on. Let me be so consumed with it. Let the integrity of my heart preserve me. Let the integrity and uprightness preserve me, Lord. And then, and then and if we go on and say that integrity brings about perfection, it brings about completeness. This is why integrity cannot be achieved in the flesh. You can't bring about fleshly perfection in this body. It's corruptible, it's, it's decaying, it's dying, it's, it's doing all of these things. Why are we getting gray? Why are we getting old? Brother Danny, why are we getting so old? Why are we doing all these things? Why? Because this body just isn't there. It, it's not integrity. Why is our spirit, but the scripture says in in, in Ephesians chapter 4, I'll just say it because I'm not going to get to it this morning or tonight, but but it says in Ephesians chapter 4, to renew your spirit, to renew your spirit every day, but, but be renewed in your spirit. Why? It's a continual renewing, to renew the inward man day by day. I die daily, Paul would say. Do all these things. Why? Because our spirit, it gets so bombarded by the enemy. By the devil that we constantly need to be renewing it. We need to be praying. We need to be repenting. We need to be on our knees before God. We need to be reading. We need to be feeding on good things. Why? To renew it. To constantly bring it about because there's no integrity in my own spirit. I need to continually lay it down so that way the Holy Spirit can have preeminence. That way the integral part of my body can have the preeminence. Hallelujah, it even says in Ezekiel 22, verse 15 says, and I will scatter thee among the heathen and disperse thee in the countries and I will consume thy filthiness out of thee. Oh, praise the Lord. That's where the bride of Christ is. It's all over the place, all over the different countries. It's all among the heathen. It's all amongst, it's been dispersed. It's all over the place. It's a global bride, but he says, "What is the I will consume thy filthiness right out of thee. How does it happen? It happens by being consumed with him. It says, and thou shalt take thine inheritance in thyself. Let me say that again. And thou shalt take thine inheritance. What is our inheritance? It's Christ. Thou shalt take thine inheritance in thyself in the sight of the heathen. In other words, this isn't something that's going to happen in the millennium and far off. But it's right now. This is the marriage of the... Lamb it says, And thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Thou shalt know hallelujah! This isn't just thou shalt hear, thou shalt say, thou shalt have heard afar off that I'm the Lord. Thou shalt know. That I am the Lord. You'll know that he is God. He'll make himself real to you, the worshiper, personally. Hallelujah. Oh my. Let me just end on this here. I'm going to scroll down. The musicians want to get ready to come. But the bottom says in the message, I will restore. I want to just show you just how, how key it is. Notice, he says, Notice now, Cain, a religious man, a worshiper of God, walked over and laid down his sacrifice and got back and said, Lord, receive my sacrifice. Catch this for minute. This is Cain. This is the serpent seed. He calls him a religious man, a worshiper of God. Walks over, lays down his sacrifice and says, Lord, receive my sacrifice. All this has, have I done. And now know my regards to you and my faith in you. Look how a religious man he was. Lord I've built you a church and I've paid into it and I pay heavy into the plate and I worship you every day for the sincerity with the sincerity and the integrity of my heart. You know me and I worship you. He says and God refused him. I watch this for a minute. If you jump back to Genesis chapter 4 and verse 5, where we pick up the story, it says, And unto Cain and his offering he had no respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, now, these scriptures become so familiar and common to us, we, we lose some of the meaning behind it. God spoke to the serpent's seed. It said, Why art thou wroth? Why is thou countenance fallous?" And listen to this next verse in verse 7, he says, If thou doest well, thou shalt thou not be accepted? If thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou, and thou shalt rule over him. Think about this for a moment. Here's God begin to speak to Cain and he begins to say, listen, I know the integrity of your heart and that's why I'm giving you a chance. Because you've lived right, you're a religious man, you've done good, you've done good up to this point, but now I'm giving you a chance. You came at it wrong, you did the best you could, but now I'm telling you, do what your brother did and I'll accept you. And Cain went, no. What was really in his heart began to come out a deep down seed that he, he couldn't receive the truth begin to come out. It was the same way with, with Abimelech, if we know the story so well and musicians, please don't just make ready to come, come. But, but Abimelech, he would, he would, he would be there and, and, and he was a righteous man. And he, and he begin to look and, and you know how the story goes, how that, you know, old grandma Sarah come down there and she come down there about 90 something years old. And we know she was turned young again, all right? And she come down, and he begins to look upon her, and he begins to look and say, oh, I like her, and he begins to take her, and he goes to Abraham, and Abraham says, yeah, that's my sister. And brother Abraham says, there's no such thing as a white lie, a lie's a lie, a black lie, or it's a truth, and that's, that's as simple as it is. But, but here's Abraham in a backslidden condition down there in Greer, and he's down there, and here's Abimelech takes him, and God meets Abimelech, not the seed of Abraham, not the chosen ones of God. You with me? He's, 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 he, he's, not, he's not the one that God called out of He's not the one that God spoke to. He's not the one God made a covenant with. He's none of those things. But he's a righteous man. And he says, but, and God says, you're as good as a dead man because you got another man's wife. And he says, Lord, you know the integrity of my heart. How I've lived well, and he even looks at it, he recognizes there's any integrity in my flesh, the integrity in my sin. You know my heart, Lord, how I've tried with everything within me to do what's right. And God says, it's because of that, it's because of that, that I'm willing to give you a chance. That I've kept you from sinning. I've kept you from doing these things. You see how important it is, the integrity. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, that we live right. Why is it so, why do we got so many, where it seems like there's so many walls, and I know the young people aren't here to really preach it this way, but, but there's so many walls in the message, and it's good for us too, but so many things that we look at and realize we need to stay on this straight and narrow path. Why? Why is it so careful that we need to prepare and shot our feet with the preparation of the gospel? Why is it so important that we be careful little feet where we go, little eyes what we see, little ears what we hear? Why is it so, we, is it so much this way? Because it's in the integrity of our heart. That we need to preserve it so that we recognize that when t- trials would come, and even if I've got nothing else to stand on, like Hezekiah who could say, Lord, you know the integrity of my heart. And God answered his prayer. Do we walk before him that way? Do we walk before him in our integrity? Or are we so reliant upon the grace of God? We are reliant on the grace. We always will because we fall and come short. But is there some integrity that's able to preserve us? I believe there is. Let's stand to our feet. Because it's not just about like Cain came. And he had his integrity and he had his sacrifice and it was the best he could do. That's not what God's interested in. You might look at somebody else and you might say, They're a better Christian than me. They they do so much better. They've got so much more to offer. Perhaps like someone would look at Ananias and see all that he was offering. Say, well, he really is somebody. But God's not interested in what you have to offer. He's able to take nothing and make something. He's able to take someone that hardly has a little gift and just make something out of it. He's able to take just two little fish, five little loaves, and feed 5,000 men plus women and children. And some of us can eat a lot, but it didn't stop him. He just kept breaking bread. Why? It didn't stop him. He's able. He's more than able. So Cain came with all that he had, and you might be like, "Say, Brother Andrew, I have got nothing to offer. My life, I'm in, I'm in ruins. I, I got, I'm just a wreck." feel like I'm overrun. I feel like I'm drowning every day. I feel like everything's just run me over and I just can't hardly even just make it to church. How could God even give me anything? But he says, it's that revelation I'm looking at. The one that's got revelation that says even just something so simple that says, but the word of God says that as you see the end time drawn here, uh, gather yourselves the more so together. So you came even though somebody perhaps had more time in the day and they and they got all their, their suit on and they looked so nice and they came with their ties and their offerings and they showed up in their nice vehicle and you're barely straggling in, pulling the kiddies by along with you and could barely make it in. God says, but you came, but you're here. But you came because there's something in your heart that says, I can't stay away. I got all these excuses that says I could stay back. I got work. I got kids. I got got sickness. I got all these other things. I could have stayed at home. I could have stayed at home. But you came. But there was something inside you that pulled you along just the same, just like Abel. And he says, well, it didn't look like much. Cain had all this beautiful fruit and vegetables and all the the barley and the grain and all of the the beautiful apples and everything. And he just arrayed it so beautifully on the altar. And he took a step back, took out his phone and posted a picture to the food chat. And it looked so pretty. And there's Abel off to the side with a little sharp rock. Over and over again, and he's looking at that going, who's going to want to see that?
0: It's disgusting.
1: Did they even shower today? He came straight from work. Her kids don't have their hair done.
0: They got sniffly noses. How could she? How could they?
1: God said Cain if you do what he did if you go get a lamb and forget your own pomp and your own things and your own everything going on and just realize it's not about you and how you look and how you feel and how you do everything it's about me it's about the fact that you need a blood to cover you it's about Lord I came in the sincerity of my heart that with everything I got going wrong I need to talk to you Lord God looks at that and this is the ones that do what's pleasing in my sight, to them, ask what you will, and I'll give it. Let's bow our heads together. To them that keep my commandments, to them that do what's pleasing in his sight, ask what you will.
0: If you've got a need
1: on your heart tonight, you just want to lift your hand and say, Lord, i got something I need. I believe, Lord, I've kept Your commandments. I've loved my brother, my sister. Even the times I failed, Lord, You know my heart. Like Hezekiah, like Abimelech, You know the integrity of my heart, Lord. I forgive my failings, forgive my humanity, Lord. You know how I loved You. I've done so much. And I just I try, but I need You, Lord. I got a need. Help me to do what's pleasing in Your sight, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus. You see every hand that's raised. Lord, there's nothing I can say as a man that could meet those needs. Lord, there's nothing I could ever do that would even help, Lord. I would say it like your prophet. If, if pushing a corner by my nose around the world would, would fix it, I'd do it. But Lord, I, I couldn't do it. It wouldn't help at all. You've already done it. You've already died on the cross, Lord. You've already been striped for our healing. The chastisement of our peace is already upon you. You are already the healer of all our sicknesses and diseases. You are already the provider of all that we have need of. If we could just approach you in faith, that our heart does not condemn us, then we can have confidence before you, Lord, to know that we receive what we ask for. Father, we come tonight asking, Lord Jesus, our needs laying them down personally lord you know i didn't have time lord to get into all the things that i'd like to lord and how integrity and our god is a consuming fire How that consuming fire it's a personal private consummation Lord. it's so wonderful lord jesus father i pray you just come and meet the needs in such a private way Lord, that you know exactly what's going on, for your word is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, as you knew that Ananias came with the wrong heart. You know those that come with the right heart. You know those like the sister Hattie Wright, who just said the right thing, that just said, that's nothing but the truth. It was something from the heart. It wasn't the words, it was something from the heart
0: that believed it. Lord Jesus, we believe your word tonight. I pray, O God, that you come and fulfill it. Meet our needs, Lord. We have a right, Lord, by the blood of Jesus to stand upon this. We love you, Lord, and we take you at your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Create in me a clean Slow. No. We're oh
1: say that when you approach the water baptism and you are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, it makes you candidate to receive the Holy Ghost. And the baptism of the Holy Ghost is when God comes and recognizes your faith. That, that he fills you with his Holy Ghost. See it's it's just like Abraham when Abraham was here and and, and he would he would believe and he would go through justification go through sanctification but one day when God recognized his faith he gave him the circumcision he gave him the seal he gave him something more and we find that's the same way today you might have gone through justification sanctification you've come up so close you say brother Andrew I'm living now in the integrity of my heart I'm doing everything I can that's right just stay right there just stay right there With God and wait on Him. He says, Let integrity and uprightness preserve me as I wait upon the Lord. That one day God will recognize that faith, that seed in His timing, and fill it right there. Hallelujah. And we'll pick up right there on Sunday morning, Lord willing. But you love the Lord? Isn't he wonderful? Amen. Sorry if it was a little bit broken up tonight.
0: There's
1: so much on my plate. and so much I just... God showed me this service a long time ago, so I've just been pondering on it, thinking on it, and putting it together in my mind and not sure how to say it. But I trust it's a blessing to you he could walk closer to God we thank God for what he did on Sunday how he came by our way and met us let's stay in that say Lord meet me again come pray it up come ready, come repent it on Sunday say Lord I want to come and meet with you remember the funerals that are coming up on the weekend and just think upon them and pray for the family the different ones, you you know them and I, I believe it's a very sincere time and sobering time as a, as a body of Christ. Amen. man, Why don't we sing one more song? We'll just change the order just a little bit. Sing something maybe, uh, I want to say a little bit faster. Except for I got nothing coming. Amen. Make me more like you, Jesus. I know that's not very much faster, but make me more like you, Jesus. I'm going to ask Brother Ray, Brother Ray would you just come and close in a word of
0: prayer tonight? Make me more like thee, O oh, Jesus. Make time.